1: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 PM. And now, here's Pastor Scott.
2: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. We're to get, We're today. We're today. We're together today. If I can get my words right in the correct order. We're together each and every day from three to five, each and every weekday from three to five, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557 is the number, and you can call in and join the conversation. It is Election Day in America today.
3: It's Election Day in America, and the stakes...
2: That's just what I, exactly what I said, that's amazing.
3: ...are high
2: in several states, which, which could give us a clue to next year's presidential election and the course the country takes for the next four years. The latest ABC News Ipsos poll shows a staggering 76 percent of Americans believe the country is heading in the wrong direction under President Biden. All right. So that's uh, that's what people think. Uh, most people, that same number, just about no matter who's been president, it hasn't really changed much since uh, the uh, mid to late 80s, actually, where it was about 50 50. But for most of the last 50 years, Americans have not felt like the country is going in the right direction. And yet we continue to essentially vote the same as if that has nothing to do with it. Well, I want you to know it does have something to do with it. And uh, if you are listening somewhere where you're voting today, you still have time to get out and vote and do that. We get a lot of people who do listen online on the, the app. So you never know where people are coming from. And uh, for us in California, we won't be voting again until the primary election. But that's coming up in March and your ballot will be mailed to you in February. So I want to encourage you to start paying attention if you're not. I think that's a a piece of, uh, you know, where the country is, is we're not really paying attention unless you've got elections coming up. And uh, so that's happening. The elections that matter today, they all matter. But you might be interested, particularly in Ohio, uh, where abortion is on the ballot again. This is something that I am wondering. And I wonder what you think about this is have people changed their opinion about how important it is to vote based on abortion either way since the reversal of Roe versus Wade? I tend to think that, uh, at least so far, abortion is on the ballot everywhere, and a pro-abortion side has been winning in uh, just about every case where this has been uh, something to be decided, including in heavily red states like Kansas, for example, where uh, ballot measures get thrown up on the ballot to be uh, either to make sure that abortion, uh, rights are enshrined in state constitutions. That's what's happening in Ohio today. Or in some cases to, uh, have, um, abortion, uh, illegal to certain degrees in state constitutions, usually a certain number of weeks. And typically the pro life side has been losing. And my, my theory has been, you know, sort of spiritually, pastorally is that when people have the privacy of their ballot, that americans still like their abortion rights even people who might otherwise you know vote conservative on other issues and certainly i think that was the case after in the year after roe versus wade last year roe versus wade was was overturned i'm wondering if it's not the same now a year later Because all of the scary things, you know, that people would try to say, oh, uh, you know, women aren't going to be able to go to doctors anymore for anything and lots of that kind of discussion. It's not really true. You know, over time, you know, the interesting thing, too, to me is there's this discussion about so many weeks You know, some states like Florida has a six week abortion ban. That's a significant abortion ban because um, many women don't even realize they're pregnant at that point or who have just learned it. Right. But if you have a 12 or, or Mississippi is a 15 week abortion ban, you know, 15 weeks is actually more liberal than most of planet Earth. Most countries in the world, actually. Did you know that? And most abortions are performed before that. So it's it's a little bit. You know, it's interesting to me that there have been restrictions on abortions, but hardly any abortions happen after that period of time. Then you have some states that have gone farther to enshrine abortion rights um, all the way up until birth with some suggestion that is not without reason that gives an opening to even post-birth. It's not really abortion. It's uh, infanticide at that time some people have labeled it fourth trimester abortion those kinds of things and you might think that's crazy but there is there are articles that are current in uh in uh mainstream journals of medicine that suggest that for the same reasons that you might allow abortion in the eighth or ninth month or at any time those same reasons exist even after the baby is born and then there's an argument for how long that's true you mean meaning that You know, you you give birth, but you're still responsible for that child. That child will die without you taking care of it. So some adult is responsible for a child. That's the the philosophical scary argument. Um, Well, after birth, some even say, and this is just, we're talking about philosophy, not necessarily something that someone would implement. I think almost everybody would say, no, we would never do this. But then I would say, then why don't you just outlaw it in the law? Why is that so offensive? Like if you would never do it. Uh, and it's just sort of, uh, you know, hypothetical that you might be allowing to take the infant's life up to 30 days after the baby's born. You know, you give birth and then you realize this is too hard for you. And so you can terminate the child. Is that, you know, every, I think almost everybody would say that's a horrific thing, except that there are people, medical professionals who are writing, acknowledging that it's horrifying but saying, you know, philosophically, what do we believe here? If we believe that it's not a person with constitutional rights before the baby's born, then when do those rights occur even later? And just the fact that we're thinking about that, it exists. And uh, you can go read about that if you want to. Um, In Ohio, what's happening there is the mallet measure, it's known as issue number one, is is one that involves abortion. Of course, they phrase it in some different ways where it becomes about abortion, um, but it's also phrased in such a way as this. So here's what it says. It says, uh, if approved, it would change the Ohio Constitution to include protections for abortion access. And here's the ballot language. The measure would establish in the state constitution, quote, an individual right to one's own reproductive medical treatment, unquote. See, that statement, you can pile a lot of things in that statement, right? This is where you, the the whole language with abortion or other things, you know, I, I don't particularly like anti, you know, or I don't like, I don't particularly like pro-life and pro-choice, those terms, actually. I don't like them because you can start attaching so many other things into it. I prefer pro-abortion or anti-abortion. So if you're going to talk about this subject that's sensitive for so many people, we'll just talk about it. Talk about that, the action of taking the life of an unborn child for whatever reason that you want to have or not have that, that should be the conversation. But when you say pro-choice, then, or you start adding other things. So here's what the advertisement is for issue one in, in uh, Ohio. They, it includes the right to contraception, the right to fertility treatment um, and miscarriage care. Well, those things aren't abortion and those things aren't controversial. Right. So, the, what happens is, is that when you call it reproductive medical treatment, you're, it's abortion, but it's also uh, fertility treatments in the same bill, as if those are the same things, and they're not. Fertility treatment, you know, there's some people who don't like that, but it's really not controversial. Contraception, there's people against that, but it's not controversial. Uh, miscarriage care, not controversial um continuing one's own pregnancy is another thing list I don't know what that means you know in with respect to uh why that's what's that what's the difference between that and abortion I suppose it's just throwing in there that says you have a right to continue your pregnancy which I would think that you see how that just gets convoluted and so all of a sudden the the law gets presented in a way where it's not just about abortion and then you don't let people really vote about abortion because if you're voting on this you know you if you say oh, I'm against abortion then people are going to say, well, you're against, uh, you're voting no on issue one, and you're going to say yes. And then what happens is they say, so you're against miscarriage care. Well, no, I'm, I'm not against that. So you're against uh, fertility treatment. No, no, I'm not against that. Well, you're against uh, contraception. No, no, I'm not against that. And suddenly you get labeled as this horrible person who's against all Uh, pregnancy care altogether when really it should be just about abortion. That's what happens when you don't make it about abortion. You make it about um, uh, reproductive care. Right. On the pro-life side, too, I don't like that one either, because then you end up in a conversation that are good conversations to have. But OK, well, what about the death penalty? Are you for or against that? What about uh, adoption and caring for children who uh, need food, who have uh, you know food anxiety? You start to go down the road of, you know, what about uh, immigrants who come over who are poor? All that stuff. All those are great conversations. They all need to be had. But when you can't just keep it focused, the tactic here to keep us from actually having this difficult conversation is to change the terminology so that it includes so many other issues that you can't really have that conversation. So that's that's for me. That's why I like to just say pro-abortion or anti-abortion. I'm for it or I'm against it and keep it there. Americans, by the way, believe in the CBS recent poll in CBS, they just took about 57% of Americans say abortion should be legal Either altogether or with some restrictions, and forty two percent say no, it should be illegal either altogether or with some uh, allowances um, but when you and that 's abortion in general, but when you break that down to trimesters, for example, most people are f- in favor of it in the first trimester, but most the majority of Americans are against it in the second and third trimester. you see um, and it becomes difficult to have that conversation also when you throw so many other things into it. So in uh, that's something to watch today is this ballot measure in Ohio and how people are going to vote. Um and I'm curious about it because I uh, I do think that we're carrying that into the um into the ballot, not just when we vote on that issue specifically, but also in other areas. In Virginia today, there is another election where abortion is not the subject matter, except that it is part of what's happening. This, by the way, is the Pastor Scott Show. If you want to join our conversation, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. In Virginia, the election that they're having today will elect all of the 140 seats in the Virginia legislature. And this is Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin talking about it today. Let's be clear
0: to many voters, the topic. of abortion is so important. And so we've been completely cl- straightforward and clear. Yep. I will back a bill to protect life at 15 weeks. Right. We will make sure that, that people understand that's when a baby feels pain. And that's where we can come together as Virginians, with full exceptions in the case of rape and incest and when a mother's life is at risk. The other side wants to extend abortion all the way up through and including birth. And we all remember the former governor who said they'll keep a child comfortable until we decide whether they live or die. This is a choice between no limits and reasonable limits well you know governor that the the democrats what they say is the republicans want to restrict your right to an abortion well that's because that's all they've got i mean they sell fear that's all they have they have no plan to create jobs no plan for excellence in education no plan for families and parents no plan for making communities safer no plans for transforming behavioral health we've delivered on every single one of them all they have is fear We're the party of hope. They're the party of fear. And hope beats fear every day.
2: So that, of course, is the politics going on. Glenn Youngkin won uh, the governorship in a surprise fashion uh, two years ago. And he won by running on education, by running on the idea that uh, parents should have rights in education. And uh, he had the great fortune of running against Terry McAuliffe, who said openly that your kids don't belong to you. They belong to the state. (laughs) something to that effect and uh, that doesn't really go well with most parents and uh he won the election over uh, parental rights in a state that has been fairly blue the last several years and so people are watching the state to see if it uh if if Glenn Youngkin is able to convince voters to vote for a Republican pro-life um statehouse then people think that has implications for how people are actually going to vote on abortion so there's a lot of litmus tests here in the politics of abortion notice he said 15 weeks right which i said earlier 15 weeks hardly restricts abortion and we have to be honest about that it's a you know he's using it as the level where doctors start to agree that the child feels pain uh, I think the child probably feels pain much sooner than that. But uh, as far as they can tell, that's where that is. And I think that that resonates with a lot of people. Right. When you when you really get into this subject, it's another reason why I think it is a distraction instead of saying pro abortion to say pro choice or really that conversation goes today is uh, reproductive health is that you include so many things in the in the reproductive health area that you stop talking about abortion and what it is, and particularly late-term abortions where there are 12, 15 weeks, where it is um, a procedure that is quite violent, actually, and a procedure that you can see on an ultrasound and see what happens there. And, you know, I think that people, when they take a look at that, uh, tend to agree that we shouldn't do that. And the polls say that. So that's an interesting thing that is a part of the elections today. We'll see that in Ohio in particularly, specifically where this is on the ballot. But keep in mind, the way it's been done is it's not just abortion. It's reproductive care of all kinds. And uh it's hard for people to vote no on that. And it doesn't mean, you know, and the thing is, is that if you vote no on it, it doesn't mean that, oh, those cares go away. It just means it doesn't get added to the state constitution in some kind of convoluted way. See, the politics of all of this is full of deception. I believe it's full of deception because you're taking the life of a human being and somehow you want to justify that. Um, And this is where I'm coming from. And I know a lot of our listeners, you've had abortions and there's uh, a lot of pain and, and difficulty with that. And I understand that. And that's why we talk about grace. And, you know, but it has to be talked about in such a way that we recognize that there is a falsehood that is communicated. You know, the falsehood years ago was it's just a clump of cells. It's not even a baby. It has, you know, it's part of, you know, it. it's all of this stuff. And now we know that actually it's a human being, that actually it has DNA. Now that we can study that, that the DNA of the unborn child from the moment of conception is different than the DNA of the mother or the father. It is a distinct human being scientifically. Um, that's something I think that you should have known 50 years ago, but it's something that we actually know now. Even the placenta is the DNA of the child, which is, I think, a really interesting thing. And if you care about the science of it, if you care about what is true, you have to get into that. And see, and when you get into the idea of choice, I don't believe you're pro-choice if you're not giving all the information. Like if that is your, your, the place you're at. And you might have a position that says, you know what, this, the government shouldn't decide this, and it's a medical option that people can choose. And if you're not a, if you don't have a religious reason, you know, for not keeping your child, maybe you should have that right. People make those kinds of arguments. And, you know, to that, I would say, number one, there's still a constitutional argument that we got to think of and culture of life and those things and what they mean. But secondly, I would say that if you're going to be pro-choice, then be pro-choice. And if you're giving people a real choice, then you have to give them all the information. And if you're going to hide information, if you're going to obfuscate information, if you're going to um, put other things involved that really have nothing to do with it, then you're not really pro-choice. You're obfuscating. You are you are hiding what the real issue is. And we need to reject that in general, right, that we have that across the board today. It's so hard to talk about important issues that are sensitive because people pile on so much information that's either false or it is information that is tangential or something that just turns it into right and left or philosophical And the humanity comes away. The humanity comes out of it. And as soon as you can take the humanity out of an issue, and it can be, it can be this. It can be the border. It can be gun rights. It can be Israel and Palestine. You know, it can be husbands and wives. It can be parents and kids and school boards and whatever the issue is. If you want to see who is on the wrong side of it, try to figure out who is trying to remove the human element try to figure out who wants to hide the idea that harm might come that is not being explained. You know, whenever you get a surgery or something, they are supposed to tell you everything about it. And they'll draw you a diagram. They will make you sign a form. And maybe you read all of that form. It's a scary form, by the way, especially if anesthesia, especially general anesthesia. If you're ever having one of those surgeries, you know, I think you should read the form. But on the other hand, maybe you ought to just sign it right you want to have you want to have a relationship with your doctor and all of that but but they have to disclose it to you whether you read it or not, and you they have to tell you exactly what's happening to you while you have this procedure done, whatever the procedure is right uh but we make exceptions for abortion we make exceptions for uh care it's not even the right term for for uh the trans trans care that is being done, for lack of a better way to phrase it, Um, that we hide things. We say, oh, you know, puberty blockers is fine for a kid. In fact, if you stop taking it, your puberty will just return. Uh, That's false. Uh, Puberty does begin again. But for the period of time that you're on those blockers, damage is being done. You might have damaged your height. You might have damaged your organs. The longer you take them, the less reversible anything is until it's not in whatever you've lost in the meantime is not reversible. You know, you need to know that if we are honest about things medically on anything you have to put the whole story out there and so that's a big deal so i think when we look at the election today and what's happening in ohio in particular where it's on the ballot i'll be curious to see how that goes ohio is a conservative state most people in ohio would would say they're in favor of generally abortions but not after the first trimester and they'll have you know those kinds of conversations it'll be interesting to see how that goes and then in Virginia since you have a governor who is making it about abortion even though he's not running but he wants you to vote for pro-life candidates for pro-anti-abortion candidates uh I'm curious I'm curious to see if the electorate cares you know or maybe the economy matters more maybe education matters more and maybe people have figured out that when Roe versus Wade was overturned it didn't change a lot actually it changed some in some states more than others but the fact of the matter is, in the United States, if you want to get an abortion, we are still one of the most uh liberal countries in the world on that, and especially here in California. What do you think about this? 888-528-2557. Is this as big an issue for the electorate now as it was a year ago? What do you think it's going to be in a year? Is this something that um people are, are cooling off about, or is it something that is uh still something that'll be used to frighten people 888-528-2557 is the number 888-528-2557 this is the Pastor Scott show you can watch us right now on our live stream uh right at the radio station website kkla.com just click on it and i'll say hello uh, actually i won't say hello but you'll see me there you can say hello and on I won't hear you. But if you want to say hello and I'll hear you, the number is 888-528-2557. You can also follow me on the social media at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned.
1: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show
4: now there are two there are two additional democrats running for excuse me running for president right now one one is a congressman from minnesota the other one is the governor of california <laughs> they're both running for president but only one had the guts to announce it
2: that is Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman. Yes, the same guy who wears the uh, shorts and the flip flops and the hoodie uh, on the Senate floor. That guy, something has happened to him where he has decided, I'm just going to say whatever I want. And I got to tell you what I (laughs) got I'm kind of enjoying it. You know, more people should just say what they are what they want to say. It's his party, you know, making that statement there. Maybe he doesn't like Newsom. Maybe he's going to be in the next Biden administration, you know, the Secretary of State or something. But, uh, you know, a lot of people are thinking that. Anyway, welcome back to the Pastor Scott Show. It is Election Day in America. Not here in California, but when would you say the election is coming in California, our primary election? How many days away is it? 119. That is all coming up on March 5th. So, uh, you know, we're going to have the Thanksgiving and we're going to have the Christmas. And then immediately afterward, uh, Election Day is here, even in our own state. 888-528-2557 is the number. Before the break, we were talking about the impact of abortion in elections that are happening today. A lot of people are watching that, specifically because of a ballot measure that is on the ballot in Ohio that would outlaw abortion up to about 22 weeks, by the way. So they do have, interestingly enough, a difference between that one and the one in California where there was no limit, uh, where they actually got rid of the, the limit that's in California law now, they still have the, the limit up to viability, which is usually 22-ish weeks, and the language says it, it will viability is determined by uh, the best guess of a physician. But most of the time that's about 22 weeks. Anyway, and it's convoluted with a whole lot of other things in it, but people are watching it because they want to see what's the power of abortion in the electorate today. Same thing in Virginia. There's nothing on the ballot, but the entire state house is on the ballot. And the governor, Republican governor, is pushing a 15-week abortion ban that they would have, that they would probably pass if the Republicans were to take over both houses in their state statehouse. Um, Democrats are campaigning pro, uh, very much pro-abortion in Virginia. Republicans actually are campaigning more about uh, anti-crime, which I think also is interesting. You know, the crime is pretty bad, pretty big issue. When you poll people, they say that's one of the top two issues, that and inflation typically. But... I think that at least up until now, the abortion issue is much higher in what people actually go to the their ballot with than what they say whenever they're polled, meaning that abortion has dropped down pretty low, inflation, crime, some other things. Uh, I think it's higher. We're going to see if that's true. What do you think about this? Eight 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 Let's go to Eric in Corona. Eric, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
3: Eric, go ahead. Hey, Pastor Scott, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. Go ahead, Eric.
3: Hey, the, the, the thing that still baffles me to this day, and I have a lot of Republican friends, and I, I don't understand, is two things. One, between 2020 and 2024, there are some somewhere between 6 and 11 million more eligible voters. So in other words, kids who are 14 years old in 2020 are now 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And so you have kids who grew up with choice, who believe in climate change, who either have student debt or will attain student debt over the next four to six years, and Republicans are campaigning against every one of those issues. Why on earth would these 11 million voters even consider voting for a Republican? So, it, it is it is my opinion that in the next coming years, next couple of years, that a Republican can't win a national election, and I don't understand why they cling to um, unpopular opinions when the largest voter bloc right now are millennials and Gen Xers who are 18 to 29, well, mostly uh, uh, Gen Zers, who are 18 to 29 years old who firmly, firmly believe in those issues. And these are the people that are going to be voting. And they, and they voted 72% for Democrats in what was supposed to be a blue wave.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So... I I I don't get it. <laughs> well, you
2: know, it's an interesting it thing all. because you know, it was supposed to be well, it was supposed to be a red wave last year, right? And uh, Republicans barely that's won the I, house. What, yeah, that's what yeah. I meant to say. Yeah. I meant to say red wave. And see, in my opinion, back then and still is now, is that actually abortion was the the thing, right? That 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 was the the issue because it was fresh off the Roe versus Wade decision uh what i'm wondering is 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 if that is as powerful now because now a year later people have realized you know really not a lot has changed but back to back to your point how would you say uh and i'm certainly not arguing that republicans don't pay attention to anything but uh <laughs> you know uh <laughs> but in in a world that uh you know part of what it has been historically is the 18 to 29 age group uh doesn't vote at all. So the reason they're not paid attention to is that they get out there and they say a lot of stuff, but then on you know, on the Wednesday after election day they say, Oh, was that yesterday? Oh dude, I forget every year, right? And they don't vote. You know, so the the old thing used to be in politics, both sides, that if you're relying on the young vote for your victory, you're gonna lose because they don't actually vote. That changed say, that changed last year.
3: Oh, it, oh I, I think it changed in twenty twenty because I have two Gen, who, two, uh, Gen Zers yeah. who had no interest in voting. They were eighteen and nineteen in twenty twenty. Had no interest in voting in 2016. Mm. twenty sixteen. Twenty twenty. I was standing in line with both of them.
2: Yeah. Now, do they have and the same? Do they have the same energy now? Because in twenty twenty, you also had COVID. There was something that was affecting their life in a way that nothing had affected their life before. Uh, is that in still opinion, the same?
3: In my opinion, and I just I just spent my my older son just got married two weeks ago. So I spent an entire week with twenty twenty five 25 to 27 year olds. As long as Trump is on the ballot, as Trump is on the ballot, that he will drive out opposition toward him. Between those ages of 18 and 29, if Trump, if Trump falls off the ballot, yeah, that number drops, but not significantly, but it does drop.
2: <clears throat> Let me ask you this back to your, your comment. You talked about issues that Republicans are, are from a polling standpoint, not on the same side as the younger generation. But should – I don't even want to say just Republicans, but any candidate – how do they change their their conviction about something, especially something as serious as abortion – um, just because maybe the data is against them. Like, how do you, like for me, I don't think you can do that. You know, I think you might have to, you might have to say, uh, I know this is not a winning issue, but this is what I think, but you, you've got to, you have to keep going with your personal conviction, especially something so serious. So what should somebody do then?
3: Well, two things. If, if I have a second, yeah. The first, the first thing is it's it's an unintellectual argument to say that Republicans are anti-abortion when 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 majority of the states are pushing anywhere between four weeks to fifteen week ban on abortion. So you're saying let's not murder children, but in reality, what you're saying is let's not murder children that are below fifteen weeks. Well, Again, that's what the
2: that, that, the states that, are the doing. Like you're like I do, I think what you're saying is, and I would agree with this that when you have a fifteen week ban. You've hardly banned anything, actually. There's still abortion. Right, there's still abortion, yeah. and it's still really the same it's number. Abortion. It's almost, it's yeah. A, yeah. So,
3: I mean, 15 weeks, 22 weeks. Nah, there's so there, there's,
2: a, there's that, an yeah. issue there of maybe it's compromise or maybe it's some sleight of hand, right, that's happening. But let's talk about the person who really has a conviction that says whatever the number of weeks is, whatever the law should say, uh, I'm opposed to abortion, or I think that uh, you know you've got some other conviction on something else. Should people just change their convictions or just hide them just because they've they're losers in the electorate, or should they try to persuade people back to their side
3: i think i think I think highly held convictions uh, much like much like Paul did when he in his three missionary journeys. He didn't advocate for government involvement; he just went out and 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 talked to people about the truth. Your truth is your truth, pastor. you know that and and if that's what you believe then then win with that or lose with that so,
2: you have to no, stick don't with what you it, think is true right you' yeah yeah,
3: yeah yeah if i if if i'm a, if I'm a politician and i say i don't believe in abortion period then i'm not going to waffle and go back and forth like this guy uh this this guy in Kentucky who's running for uh, governor right now in a Republican side, and he can't even stand by his own convictions. So if you if you have a conviction, then stick by it and lo- win with it and lo- win with it or lose with it. Let me say this really quick know right, another second, because his here's, here's, uh, here's, here's argument is that Republicans have, con- have, 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 especially on a federal level, consistently voted against women's health, whether it be child tax credits, or WIC, or SNAP, or anything women need to actually take care of a child and saying we want, we, want, we want to take the choice out of your hand, and then we as a government are not going to do anything to help you because the very things you need, that is fair housing, fair education, uh, access to health care. We're going to take all those things off the table from you. And what's going to happen is, to me, that's not – to me, Republicans are more pro-birth then they are pro life because well
2: that's the, you know that's the argument but but to be fair to to what happens in Washington and this happens on both sides is sometimes you vote against something because it's not really about that it's the hey we want to save the children bill but in the save the children bill is 500 billion dollars to Iran or something so you can't vote for it right but then the other side comes out and says oh you hate kids because you voted against this you know, that's what's happening in Ohio right now is they attached all these other things that everybody is for to the bill so if you vote against it because you don't like abortion, then people can come back and say, what, you're, you're against You know, uh, fertility care? You're against all this stuff? Well, of course you're not, but you – so that's a game that's played in Washington. I, and the other part of it is is philosophy, right? So conservatives are more likely to say that this is not the government's role and the liberals are more likely to say, no, it is the government's role. Uh, and it's harder. It's always harder for conservatives to sell. No, we're not going to do something for you. It's much easier for the government to, for a candidate to say, yeah, we'll take care of everything for you.
3: But the government. But that's exactly what the Republicans are doing. They're advocating the interference in the life of, of a woman and her and, yeah. and, and her doctor's decision. And they say, well, we don't want the government involved except for the very things that we believe in. That's I mean, listen, they're both they're both. They they both live in hypocrisy. Well, I I agree that there's – I'm going to have
2: to take a break here. I I definitely agree that there's hypocrisy, but there's also uh, a really important conversation that we need to have today about what the government's role is because we're $33 trillion in debt and we can't just keep doing everything for everybody. It's impossible. Um, we're
3: never gonna fix that problem, well, You know, I hope. Well, I think. <laughs> that you know, never, I hope. I, I, that is never gonna be fixed. Uh, <laughs> that, that is. Uh, you know, I I, re- I got to go, go
2: to a break, Eric. Here's how yeah. I think it's gonna get fixed one day: is some president of either party is gonna come on TV and say the party's over because the country's defaulting, and we're gonna have a massive crisis uh, because so many yeah, people yeah, are yeah. dependent. Uh, but math, math eventually wins. Uh, and I'm, I,
3: I'm counting on the rapture before that
2: well i uh, i hope you're right but uh hey, eric thank you for calling and sharing all that uh 888-528-2557 is the number 888-528-2557 you know math math wins it ultimately wins in all of this and you know there are there are governing philosophies we used to talk a lot more about that than we do now i think we need to bring that back I also think – something else Eric said that I think matters a lot is that in issues like abortion, the matter of the heart is more significant than the ballot box ultimately. In fact, I think some of the reason that we've at least moved to the uh, anti-abortion side more as a country is not because elections have been won. It's because hearts have changed and, and it's because the science has changed. You can look at an ultrasound and go, you know what? Yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm for that. Uh, what do you think? 888-528-2557. Got to take a break. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition of The Pastor Scott Show continues.
1: You're listening to The Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show.
2: Welcome back everybody, Pastor Scott Show 888-528-2557 888-528-2557. It's Election day in the United States, some significant uh, elections going on. Uh, that maybe or maybe they aren't harbingers of what's going to happen next year. People, you know, to to prop it up, they say that. I'm I'm in a studio here and if you're watching at kkla.com, uh, there are, I don't know if you can probably can't even see them, but there's television screens kind of around me that usually have the news stuff on them. During the break, I'll take a look over there because I want to make sure that, you know, if there's something big happening that we change and we talk about that. One of them is on Fox News, and it, I see this ad on Fox News for TikTok, okay? TikTok is the, you know, the very controversial social media thing that is huge. It is such a, it is, it is, I think a big part of it was that people got into it during the uh, the shutdowns in the COVID, and they started making videos, and it became super popular. There was nothing else to do, right? People did that. It is impacting people's lives and particularly their opinions on political matters in ways that, especially the younger generation uh, under forty, it's huge. In fact, I think thirty-one percent of people under thirty said that they get their news. Actually, thirty-one percent of I think people now under fifty get their news from TikTok like not Fox News or MSNBC or CNN or some network news, TikTok. And I look, I just happen to catch it in the corner of my eye, and the campaign for TikTok is TikTok sparks good. That's the slogan. Now, our government, people on both sides are saying we shouldn't have it, that it's owned by a company that's... uh essentially run by the Chinese government, because that's how the system works over there, and that we're giving all of our personal information over to them. And if they're influencing the news, right, this is a real concern. That And the thought is that in America, the way the algorithms work is that they drive young people towards uh, different kinds of videos. If you, if you haven't seen this before, and I don't recommend going to get it, but it's just videos and people will record them. And it used to be these sort of you do these little dances to some kind of music. And then there's just funny stuff that people do because everybody's got a television studio in their pocket now, but the algorithms will, the point is to keep you on the site as long as possible, because then you're going to see more advertisers by the the longer you're on there, you'll see more ads and there's a lot of ads Um, and they want to addict you to it because then you're on there a lot. And then you see more ads and they make more money. Right. And a lot of it's just mind numbing stuff. Some of it's super creative and a lot of it's just stupid and mainly it's a big time waster. But there's also things in it that are um borderline – I'm not even going to say borderline – pornographic really, like not explicit. But it's as close as you can get and then it's a pathway into whatever the most explicit things are. Uh, that's there. And your kids are looking at that. And so they drive what's happening in the algorithm is they're driving people to that. They're driving people to news that they're controlling. So, for example, in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict right now, it is overwhelmingly driving people deliberately to pro-Palestinian uh, propaganda. And it's like two million to one or something like that. It is very, very, very influential. And this, you know, and one of the concerns is, well, what happens if we have a war with China or if we're on a different page as a country, uh, from China and so many of our people are influenced by essentially Chinese news? Because they can, they can just start driving videos to your phone that are anti American, anti, uh, whatever America's policies are. Uh, it's a very influential thing. So anyway, I'm just sitting here kind of floored to see that ad right there on, uh, Fox News. TikTok sparks good it's it's there to try to uh bolster their reputation of course i think eventually we're going to come around to saying hey this is bad uh, and somebody else what i'm surprised about is that no one else has just picked up on on this and made their own you know american company i know that they're trying and the youtube is trying it with the youtube shorts and stuff and <clears throat> by the way all of it's a waste of time and all of it is leading you and your kids into bad things TikTok sparks good. It says on TikTok, anyone can be creative, find inspiration, and build meaningful connections. Our featured creators turned their passions into life-changing opportunities, sparking good around the world with a lasting positive impact on local and global communities. On local and global communities, I don't know that it's good anywhere. Rilbert Jose, do you guys uh, think that on the whole, just thinking about it, is TikTok sparking good in the world?
4: You can find good.
2: There's good on there. But generally speaking, were we better off without it as a society, as a species?
4: We're better off without our phones in general.
2: Well, yeah, see, that's definitely true. So it's it's getting kind of worse and we're like the, the Twitter or X. You know, I can make an argument both ways for that's helping and it's also not helping.
4: The problem is people who didn't have a voice before, whether good or bad, now have one. So they feel like they need to be heard.
2: Does it – do you think that it's causing people to feel like they have a right to be heard?
4: Yes, in the fact that some people just disagree or some people just like chaos. I think so at the do. end of the day, it's people – Regardless if they want to do good or not, they they just want to mess with people. Sometimes, I mean, there as much good, as much good as there is, there's that much bad as well.
2: There's a lot of bad, a lot of bad. There's some good stuff on there. You know, there's Christian stuff on there. There's some pastors on there. There's some people I watch on social media in general who are young people who are really putting it out there with their faith, and you know, putting uh, their faith out there, and they get attacked. They get attacked pretty harshly, but they stand up to it pretty well. And I think you know it's it's probably not going away. So you're going to need to have people out there in social media who understands the evil side of it, but recognizes that, that that's where people are living. If, if 31% of people in general now get their news from TikTok, uh, then, you know, people ought to put it out there. People get paid with TikTok. I mean, that's another thing that concerns me is that some very tiny number of people get paid a lot. Uh, And there is a desire to have your videos go viral. Going viral means that they don't make people sick. It means that many, many, many people watch it. And if you get, I think you get, once you get qualified by a certain number of views, they pay you something like one cent per view, which doesn't sound like a lot. But if you got a million views on your video that went viral, that's a lot of money for one 15-second video. And I feel like there's an urge for people to want to do that, to strive to do that, and they abandon education and doing right, or they do things that are humiliating and permanent just to try to go viral. Anyway.
4: Wasn't there a study not too long ago of uh, kids that's like the number one thing people want to be now, a YouTube influencer? Yeah, they want to be an
2: influencer. uh, And some of these people are making millions and millions of dollars. They really are. But it's hardly anybody. It's a very tiny number of people.
4: And that's where you have to differentiate where this is all entertainment.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, my friends, this is, uh, this is an area to, to pray, to think about it with yourself or your kids, your grandkids, whoever. Uh, the propaganda of TikTok sparks good. Uh, it probably is bringing more bad. Wilbert is probably right that the the whole smartphone revolution – has changed the world probably not for the better in fact they always show this graphic it's an interesting graphic whenever there's one of these terrible shootings that shows the increase of these mass shootings after the uh, assault rifle ban expired i think 2004 or five and you know it's an interesting thing to look at to wonder how that's affected. but you know what also started about then was the smartphones and social media And I wonder how much of that, because there were assault rifles before, before the ban, and we didn't have this happen that often. And I wonder how much of it is driving people's anger and driving people apart. We're certainly far more divided than we ever were. And, uh, you know, just watching the news, we don't seem to know what we're talking about and so many different things. I think social media affects that significantly. I think it has created a space for people to get truth that is often not the truth at all. And it makes people angry. In fact, that's part of the ag- algorithm. If you're an angry person, if you like to be angry, then they're going to show you more videos that will make you angry. And uh, they understand how that works because you respond, and then you get more angry. And you might even be angry about things not to be angry about. Anyway, uh, that wasn't even what I was going to talk about. I just saw this ad, and I'm just kind of floored by that. But that's the world we live in. We've got to pray for discernment and uh, patience to try to understand what is true and to keep ourselves and the people that we know safe from the disaster that's there. Coming up after the break, we'll talk about the uh, uh, assault at the protest that happened right here in Southern California in Westlake Thousand Oaks, where a man died uh, in a Palestinian-Israel um uh, scuffle that apparently happened, and uh, we will talk about that and, uh, you know, how this, where is this division going? We're going to take a break. This is the Pastor Scott Show, Tuesday edition. You can call 888-528-2557. Follow me on social media. We're there because that's where you are, at Pastor Scott Show. We will try to add some light to your social media experience. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues